Hello, everyone, and welcome to another SDGC After Hours. I guess we're calling these news briefs since they're they're more about news topics than individual game discussions. But uh, I am Derek. I'm here with Jeff. Good morning or good afternoon, whenever this goes live. <laughs> good whatever time of day it happens <laughs> to be. Um, exactly. And we so we did not get to talk as much news as we'd like on the the last show, um, but we wanted to talk about this recent reveal from nvidia it's been long hyped up we thought it was kind of a big deal but nvidia's ampere graphics cards the rtx 3000 series uh, at least the top end cards finally revealed uh on september it was the first right uh i think so yeah so it's a few days ago uh, as of yeah. time of recording this is not exactly the world's most breaking news but um but yeah, so so Nvidia. But they're not out yet, so we still got time. That's true. We still yeah. talk about them. The the first card to launch will be the thirty eighty, and that's going to be out on September seventeenth, I believe. Yeah. And then the, and then the thirty ninety on the twenty fourth, I think. Yeah, that's that sounds right. Uh, reviews the review embargo for the cards is on September fourteenth, so there will be professional reviews of the cards before they're released. Um. I, I want to put some of this stuff up front just for people who are listening who are like desperate to get their hands on one. Uh, from what we have heard, there will not be pre-orders. NVIDIA is not going to enable pre-orders on these cards. They're just going to be up for sale on their release dates. So if you were like desperate for an RTX 3070, you're going to have to sit on Newegg or, or Amazon or, you know, like EVGA or whatever third-party vendor you like. Um and just try to snap them up when they become available. Uh, and then the 3070 that was announced will be available at some unspe unspecified point in October. So, Jeff, what were you expecting going into this reveal? I don't know how heavily you've been tracking Ampere and the rumor mill before we actually had this conference. Um. I've been tuned out of the rumor mill just because I, I mean, I was, so you're on a 970. I was on a 980 for, for many years. Um, and I kind of bought the card way after release. So like, I didn't get that much mileage out of it, but I was really struggling with it. I was ready to build a new PC and um, I just kept waiting and waiting. You know, I waited a couple of years after the 1080 Ti and then the 2000 series came out. Uh, so I did pick up a 2080 uh, for 1200 Canadian dollars. Uh, and that's kind of what I, I mean, I just checked out because I'm like, well, I don't really need to think about graphics cards for a while, but I obviously I'm just out of curiosity. I'm, you know, I'm just a, a bit of a tech enthusiast. So I always want to keep my eye on what's going on in the space. And, um, you know, I, I think I was basically expecting, uh, kind of a, the 2000 series 0.5, I guess. Like, yeah. uh, you know, I, I expected, uh, a marginal bump. In, I expected a pretty decent ray tracing uh, performance bump, um, but other than that, just for like, you know, the the standard gaming performance, I just figured it'd be another slight iteration, a little bit better. Um, and I was really not expecting them to do much better with the prices. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, so I would say the Ampere reveal caught me off guard in terms of uh, on both ends of the scale. In the performance is far better than I expected, and the price is even more, uh, even cheaper than I expected. Yeah. Uh, I, I am absolutely blown away. Yeah, so so where I am, like like you mentioned, Jeff, I'm still sitting on a on a 970. I'm 
I'm a little bit more uh, financially constrained, so I'm one of those people who I make one refresh every so often, and that refresh has to be like a maximum value for performance. Mm-hmm. And the 970 was just a perfect storm of like that. That fucking card was like three hundred dollars, and it is still mm-hmm. outperforming um, everything but the Xbox One uh, X in terms of of in game performance right now. So it has done me well, and I've waited, and I've waited, and I've waited. And unfortunately for somebody like me, this has been a rough couple of generations for NVIDIA graphics cards. And I specify NVIDIA graphics cards because who's buying Radeon graphics cards? <laughs> but um, NVIDIA, the, 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 like you kind of pointed out, the, the, the 10 series and then the 20 series did not really have a big jump in rasterization uh what am I trying to say? Like rasterization, like efficiency. So they weren't like the 10 series did better than the nine series, like not to the degree of a jump that we were used to. And then with the, the 20 series with like the 2080 and all, it, it seems like almost the entire jump went into the ray tracing capability. Mm-hmm. So, I mean the, my 2080, uh, basically outside of ray tracing performs almost identical to 1080 TI, which was, uh, you know, several years older and cheaper. Yeah, yeah, quite a bit cheaper because prices leapt up with the uh, with the 2000 series. Um, and what's crazy too is like on paper the MSRPs are the same. That's the funny thing is we're all sitting here talking about how much cheaper the 3000 series is, but the 2000 series on paper had the same MSRP. It's just that none of the cards actually launched at that MSRP. I don't even think Nvidia's Founders Editions launched at that MSRP. Everything was, it was like a fake price. I mean, everything was a hundred plus dollars more. Um, and NVIDIA's founder editions were the cheapest ones and they were not great. They had very loud, like coolers. Um, so yeah, for this to come around and for the, for the stock NVIDIA versions of the cards to look like they've got really solid coolers and build quality to them. They're actually sticking to the MSRP sites that have put up like placeholders are pricing them at the 699 point for the 3080 and not above that, Um, at least for the NVIDIA version. Uh, I haven't seen prices for like EVGA and Gigabyte and MSI, Asus, all those third-party card manufacturers. And then that jump, I mean, hearing that the 3070 for $500 is going to outperform the $1,200 2080 Ti, Ugh. it's just a thing of beauty. It's it's insane, absolutely. I you know, and I was um, skeptical when they they had their little, uh, I think it was like a price to performance chart that, that that they showed off, and you know, just seeing where some of those new cards sit on there, uh, you know, promising two times the performance of some of their predecessors. But uh, I'm sure there's other channels, but I know Digital Fa- Digital Foundry had their um, you know, they benchmarked a few games and, you, you know, maybe not quite two times, but I was seeing a minimum 75% gain over yeah. the 2080 with the 3080. Like, we're talking 100 FPS to almost 200 FPS. I was seeing some of these games getting up to almost like an 85% increase, if I remember correctly, uh, from Digital Foundry's testing specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is very exciting because I think for most people, so the 2080 Ti is already a good graphics card for... 4k gaming if you want to play games in 4k the 2080 ti is is great so 
I think for people who want to get into PC gaming or are like me and haven't upgraded in a while, even the 3070 is going to be almost overkill for, I mean, how many people are playing PCs, like playing games on PCs and still on 1080p monitors? I I don't know actually. Yeah. I mean, like it's it's it's. I, I would say it's more than we think, but yeah. um, I think the the benchmark has kind of moved to to fourteen forty now. Yeah, fourteen forty is becoming that benchmark. But but you look at like the vast majority of PC gamers. Uh, you know, Steam has their like mm-hmm. hardware survey that you can browse the results of, and if I remember correctly, the by far the most popular cards are like the 1050 and the 1060 it's it's mm-hmm. the the lower mid-range uh of a generation old cards so this idea that that <laughs> pc gamers i mean i know there's gonna be people who jump on like the 3090 because they have to have the newest and sparkliest thing but what's funny is that even the and they didn't announce the 3060 or 3050 but we know they'll come probably early next year. Mm-hmm. I mean, the value proposition on those is going to be huge for people looking to upgrade who haven't in a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the um, the thirty seventy, like you said, is just you know even if you're playing on on fourteen forty, especially for anyone who is still playing a ten eighty, like overkill is is the right word. Um, you know, I. Yeah, I, I to me, 4K gaming isn't even worth chasing. It's good for people that want that. Um, but the fact, I mean, I'm sitting here just trying to hold 60 at 1440, and now you have a reasonably priced card that could be able to do that at like 100 FPS. Um, you know, which a lot of enthusiasts are going for the higher frame rates on the monitors as well. And typically, to get that, you have to sacrifice resolution, and we're kind of getting to a point where that that's less of an issue. Yeah. Yeah, I, and but it's just, it's crazy to me to think of the fact that let's say I've I've never played I, I've I've been playing on consoles all my life and now mm-hmm. is the time I've decided I want to get into I want to drop the money and get a gaming PC, right? Mm-hmm. A thirty seventy at five hundred dollars for a graphics card is very expensive, but a computer with the thirty seventy in it is is potentially going to outperform. Uh, this entire generation of consoles that's coming up in a lot of uh, ways it's like by a lot I, I haven't done the numbers myself but um i know our again i hate to keep mentioning digital foundry but they're one of the best at this Absolutely. um and uh some of those cards uh even the 2000 series with with some of the improvements that nvidia is going to roll out um you'd be looking at double the ray tracing performance of the new consoles and with some of those new cards like a 3080 90 you're looking at four times the performance and up with with ray tracing on so i mean you buy a card this year and you're set for the entire next generation that's that's pretty wild yeah that's i mean again that's what i did with my 970 i bought that Mm -hmm. card and i've i've it is only now with like control and then to a lesser degree avengers that have really put my computer on the struggle bus Uh, assassin's creed games would have done it too but i don't i don't really play assassin's creed but um, those are famously very demanding on PC. So, so yeah, like you could build a, build a machine with a 3070 and be set for this whole generation and not do the chasing numbers game. Um, and you got to think for people who just want to sit down at like a 1080p monitor, 
you know, like a like a cheap, affordable, decent, like 1080p Asus 60 hertz monitor, like a 3050 <laughs> will probably let them run games on mm-hmm. high specs through the generation if they're not going to chase higher than 1080p, they're not going to chase like 100, 120 FPS. Um, you know, I, I it's incredible the the jump we've had. Uh, and I, I did have to go back and look at some benchmarks for earlier NVIDIA cards to, to double check what I'm about to say. Um, but w- what's incredible is this is the way it kind of used to be for a long time, is that your, your, your third card down would roughly match or maybe outperform by a small amount the mm-hmm. top-end card of the previous generation. And it's really only with the the 10 and 20 series over the last, like, six years where that has not happened. So it's more like we've been in a temporary dip of, I want to say, like, just investing in this new technology with these tensor cores and, and to, to enable things like ray tracing and AI upscaling in video games. And now that we have got that figured out, we can actually manufacture these cards at a more affordable price and get back to the power chasing. Yeah, that's that's what I was wondering about. That's what I was going to ask. Like the, I mean, if Nvidia took a ton of heat for the prices of the 2000 series, you know, rightfully so. So there was a sentiment, at least at the time, that they were just gouging people because we knew that Nvidia cards were really the only viable choice, especially if, if you're really serious about 4K60 gaming. Looking back on it with these new prices, is that is, did they maybe just run into was it just new hardware production costs and things like that that were jacking those prices up, or you know something else going on with with world events, or uh, why are they able to get the price so low on these new ones? So I'm I'm not a a an expert. I'm somewhat informed, but not an expert. Um, <laughs> I would say the big problem with the prices on the 2000 series is that. Well, and, and honestly, on the, the 1000 series as well, is mm-hmm. we desperately needed a boost in the manufacturing efficiency of these cards. We needed a strong die shrink. Uh, in other words, manufacturing these chipsets on a, on a, on a smaller uh, fabrication process. And that hasn't really come. And in fact, from the 1000 series to the 2000 series, the biggest change was not any increase in the power or efficiency of the cards, but the addition of hardware we'd never seen before in these graphics cards, mm-hmm. these RT cores and tensor cores. Um, mm-hmm. So the 2000 series were basically the 1000 series with extra parts bolted on. Is, is and so it. the price was 10,000 series with extra price bolted yes, on. Yes, exactly. It didn't, <laughs> you didn't see those efficiency gains. But Ampere is now being manufactured on a smaller, it is a custom... 8 nanometer fabrication process partnered with Samsung. Um, And one of the big things that I don't think people were expecting, we had kind of heard that NVIDIA was going to move to this smaller fabrication process. One of the things we had not heard or expected was apparently the actual yield of these chips in manufacturing is much, much higher than before. Um... Samsung is just able to produce these chips at a very, very efficient rate. So when we say that the yield is good, 
to listeners. What we mean is these these manufacturers make X number of these chips and not all of them are going to be good. You know, they may have X number of individual cores that are not good. Um, the 3080 is literally going to be just a 3090. It's the same exact chip, uh, except with fewer of the cores on the chip activated. So, for example, they can use, they can make the same chip and take the ones that have almost all of, like, 93% or more of their cores functioning and make them 3090s. And ones that have a few less than that, they can deactivate some to get to X specific number and make that a 3080. So they're reusing chips, which means they're able to manufacture more of the exact same thing, which always leads to lower costs. Mm-hmm. And just the efficiency is good. They're not having to throw away as many chips. Um, so what that means is they can manufacture a bunch of these cards. And, and even though they're more powerful, because they're having to waste less and throw less away, they have the ability to sell more of them and thus they can charge less and still make their profits. Uh, mm-hmm. Manufacturing efficiency really is the name of the game with Ampere right now. Um, and I think that's the maybe the, the golden uh, sauce. That's not a term, uh, but I did just invent it. That is the golden sauce <laughs> that, is, that has made the, the 3000 series so exciting. It's why they get to be such a power jump while also being significantly cheaper model for model than we had been seeing with the 2000 series. So one thing, and uh, you know, I'm not sure where you were, we're going to head next with this, but one thing I noticed, and I know it's not the be all end all of performance, um, but I'm surprised we're still not seeing bigger uh, numbers in terms of the VRAM on, on most of the cards. Um, You know, the, the 1080 Ti, I think, came with 11 gigs of vram yeah and you know my 2080 only has eight and i'm frequently maxed out on vram on a 1200 card sorry these are canadian prices i i don't always do the conversion in my head but um you know even the 3080 i think is 10 gigs am i wrong yes that is correct there will be 20 gig versions uh, as okay well. okay um okay but yeah so i will say uh i've had to do some reading about this because that was very worrying to me at first was like this doesn't seem like I mean if the 1080 Ti back in the day was on 11 gigs mm-hmm. and the the 3080 is now on on 10 gigs. Uh, I mean we're on GDDR6 now, right? Yeah, but so it's a higher speed. It's not quite apples but, to you yeah. know. Um, mm-hmm. But a lot of what I've been reading um, from from people who who are actually like posting shit to back up their information. Uh, so I'm inclined to believe them over just gamers yelling on the internet. Um, is, is what's interesting is a lot of times when games say they're using all that VRAM, they're not actually using all that VRAM. They're caching it, but they're not actually actively utilizing all of it. They're basically claiming all of that space to say that's mine, but they're not doing much with it. Uh, Microsoft flight simulator is by, which you've been playing a lot of is by (laughs) far the most VRAM hungry game in existence. Um, and that is still using less than 10 gigabytes of VRAM okay. on its highest settings at 4K. Um, mm-hmm. And 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 that's a game that is, by its nature, caching a lot, a, a lot of extremely high-resolution assets, potentially. Um, you know, that, ex- that explains a lot, because I remember playing Resident Evil 2 
Uh, and, you know, like some games, that one has like a kind of an in-game um, in the settings menu. It shows you uh, what when you crank up, stuff up. Yeah. How much, yeah. And it was like, I crank things on very high and it's saying it's using like, it's saying I'm over my VRAM. Like it's saying I'm using like nine gigs out of my eight or something yeah. like that. And then I go and play the game and like, Everything's running fine. Yeah. I mean, remember, I'm running on a, a uh, 970, which has realistically mm-hmm. three and a half gigs. It doesn't really have that last half a gig is of a slower speed, which which causes real issues when you try to actually use it in game. Um, but like I played Resident Evil 2 on high settings on a card with three and a half gigs of VRAM. Right. Everyone's all worried about these consoles having 16 gigs of of VRAM, but really they have 16 gigs of unified RAM. That's their their system RAM and their video RAM. And and everything is pulling off of that. And as much as as you know, I know three and a half gigs on the. uh, Is it the Xbox Series X that they've actually released this information? I want to say it's not the PlayStation five. It's one of the two uses three and a half gigs of that just for the operating system. Uh, and then on top of that, um, so, so really you're looking at, let's call it 12 gigs of actual VRAM. But again, that has to be VRAM and regular RAM split up. So the Xbox mm-hmm. Series X is not, does not have 12 gigs of free VRAM for like graphics cards assets. That's, that's not actually yeah. the case. So I think... 10 gigs on a graphics card is realistically going to be fine through most of this generation, unless you're trying to push 8K gaming, uh, which is where the 3090 comes in, probably where these 20 gig variants of the 3080 come in. Um, By the time 10 gigs is really a bottleneck on your VRAM, your graphics card's going to be old and you're going to need to replace it anyway. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't want to necessarily discourage. Hey, look, if if you if people have got the money and they really feel like they can future proof their system that way, do it. That means more ten gig thirty eighties, and it's easier for me to get one. But um, yeah, you know, I'm gonna practice what I preach here. I, I really think that ten gigs is going to be fine. I mean, again, we got people playing games right now on three and four gig graphics cards, and people think ten mm-hmm. gigs is gonna lock them out of gaming. Mm-hmm. So. So yeah, I think the 1080 Ti with its 11 gigs of VRAM was just way ahead of its time because <laughs> yeah, nothing. Fair. I mean, if if Microsoft Flight Simulator now is still not taking up that kind of VRAM, mm-hmm. you know, it's 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 overkill. So, mm-hmm. um, and then we also don't know. This is something you were bringing up before we got into the recording, and I want to toss it over to you. There have also been some changes to the rendering pipeline. Uh, that potentially change kind of the way we need to interact with VRAM anyway to some degree uh, with the, the the new the RTX IO kind of throughput. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you want to describe that maybe for listeners. Um, I mean, I, I like you said, I'm not an expert and you're definitely more informed on this stuff than I am. But basically the, uh, you know, I, I just read uh, kind of a recap of the event in the RTX IO, basically. I think the assumption is it's going to work on the 2000 series cards as well. I don't know. I don't think they've clarified, but it's. I haven't seen it expected to be exclusive uh, to the 3000 series. But basically, it's bringing um, the decompression acceleration kind of closer to 
what you see on consoles. Um, so it's uh, basically going to utilize those NVMe drives a lot better than, than they would be right now. And I think, um, like you said, put less emphasis on the VRAM and let the hard drive do some of that work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, repeating the not an expert thing that we keep saying, uh, it, it looks like, like traditionally when, gra- when graphics assets, let's say textures, we need to load up new textures for this new environment that's coming up. They would actually go be loaded up through your processor and then have to back out through your processor before they actually went to VRAM because your processor was doing the decompression. So your processor was like an extra bus stop on the way to the graphics card. Mm -hmm. Um, And now the graphics card will be able to decompress these assets itself uh, using the RTX cores. So... So yeah, in theory, the 2000 series should be able to do this as well, but they will be able to bypass that whole step and load assets into VRAM directly from storage, which means if you are, you're having your games installed on a solid state drive or an NVMe drive, Mm -hmm. uh, you are now going to actually see that bottleneck of the CPU removed. You're going to actually get more impact out of those speeds. Um, so that's that. And that's another thing is when you can load up assets more quickly into memory and then dump them for new assets more quickly. Like it's not necessarily chopping that much off of your usage, but it helps when you can pick things up and put things down quicker in terms of, mm-hmm. of, of having to hold a billion different things. It's, it helps. So. And I, I imagine on top of those benefits, it's probably it's got to reduce the load on the CPU as well at the time, which that's a good point. Um, yeah, fuck, I didn't even think know, of that. Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, you, and maybe not if you're play, if playing at 4K, you're probably GPU limited. But you know, especially for people, you know, getting this advantage on the 37 or 37 or even the 3060 cards, um, you know, maybe you don't have a, a 9900K and you're you're still a little bit CPU bound in in specific games like. Uh, Flight Simulator, Assassin's Creed. So, you know, taking some of the load off those off those threads, um, I, I imagine it can't hurt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, anything anything where we can free a thread up. I mean, at this point, everybody's on a quad core processor or more, right? Like, who's still on a dual core? I don't, I don't think they. Do, I, I would literally. I haven't checked. I would love to see if there are actually dual cores even still being manufactured at this point for mm-hmm. like laptops and desktops that are worth a shit, but, um, but yeah, I mean, anything where we can free up that, that processing lane is, is good, is good shit. Um, and then I, I think tied into this, I think it was tied into RTX IO. I don't know if they have a name for it. Um, but they also basically announced suspend resume for, for Nvidia cards. How did I miss that? What the fuck? Uh, let me make sure I didn't just dream this up yeah. and pull it out of my ass. Um, I mean, noon is noon is early morning for me, so I could have either missed it on the first <laughs> when they did the announcement, or I could be just not mm-hmm. thinking of it now because it's it's twelve thirty as of right right now. Um, let me uh, if you got another topic you want to hit on, I will quickly grab this info. Um, I don't I don't know. I'm I've been caught off guard. I've been throwing off my game. <laughs> That's fine. Um, yeah, I uh. 
I mean, there are other things that NVIDIA announced. Uh, you know, they've announced improvements to DLSS, uh, which is their kind of super sampling software using AI, which allows them to take a game at, say, 1080p or 1440p and upscale it to 4K, and it'll look as good, if not better, than native 4K content uh, with, with much less performance uh, draw which is going to be a big deal, I think, for people looking to play 4K, is as more and more games utilize DLSS, we're not actually going to be picking render at 4K in the settings. We're going to be picking, like, 1080p and mm -hmm. then DLSS that up to 4K. And they showed examples of, like, Death Stranding, where the game literally looks better and sharper and clearer through the AI yeah. upscaling than through being rendered natively at 1080p. So, um... You know, that's that's very much, I think, the future. And AMD has so far no equivalent, and they need to chase that because they will become completely irrelevant in the and, computer graphics card space without that. And DLSS, like, the, the actual algorithms behind it is all done on NVIDIA's end, right? The developers just have to add in the DLSS functionality, but they don't. do they have to do any specific work on their individual games? DLSS 1.0 needed uh, to be tuned game by game. DLSS 2.0, mm -hmm. which we're on now, and it's going to be updated to, what, 2.1 or whatever? Um, 2.0 yep. is, is a universal, like, AI algorithm, and it, it theoretically can work on any game. It does need to be implemented by the developer, um, but it's it's... It's kind of like, oh, uh, what's a good way to, to, to liken this to? I want to liken this to something like Havoc Physics Engine, where it's a thing that's pre-made, but that's, that's a bad actual comparison. Um, my understanding is that the biggest thing is that developers need to do a little work to allow their rendering pipeline to give motion vectors to the graphics card so that it can do... DLSS. Um, and I have seen a lot of people say, and this sounds like magic wizard bullshit, but I've seen a lot of people say that basically temporal anti-aliasing TAA is the exact same motion vector data. So in theory, any game that uses TAA should be able to use DLSS. That's, that's mm -hmm. not that they can right now, but that it is the same kind of data you would just okay. send it to a different thing. Um, so in theory, it should be very easy. There's a rumor going around that, that NVIDIA is basically being able to flip a switch and turn every game with TAA in, into having DLSS, and that's absolutely not... That's, that's horseshit. Mm -hmm. But um, it does speak to it should be easier now that... Because nobody owned the 2000 series cards to take advantage of ray tracing, right? And now mm -hmm. this is going to be two generations of cards, one of which is much more affordable that are going to be in a lot more computers these features are going to become much more standard place and we're going to be seeing yeah. ray tracing in the consoles too so mm -hmm. you know I, I think this stuff will become much more commonplace all right and, and circling back to to the curveball i threw you <laughs> so I, I don't have the direct quote from nvidia this was from jeff grubb um basically just kind of blogging the the event um so along with announcing rtx io which Obviously, we, we use, is also going to have to work with Microsoft because uh, Windows is going to introduce direct storage. Yeah, um, they need a you know a new API there. But um, Nvidia is promising. This is the quoted part: near instant loading of games and picking up from where you left off instantly. Okay. So it 
it sounds like maybe they don't have specifics on that yet, but that, that general concept of like instant loading, um, leaving a game and picking back up is, is included with that RTX IO. So whether that'll be a, kind of a, you know, maybe a later implementation or a later feature that comes, uh, I'm not sure. I assume it'll be just bundled in with GeForce experience with the shadow play stuff, but that'd be really nice because it's one of my favorite things about consoles as opposed to PC is if I'm playing a mm-hmm. game and I got to put it down, because oh, yo, it's it's time to start making dinner and I didn't pay attention or, or <laughs> oh, we got to go, something like that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I can hit the power button on my switch yeah. and just bloop and come back to it later. I can hold that PlayStation button in the middle of my PlayStation controller mm-hmm. and go to sleep and just come back to the game no matter what. Um, and and It's a huge deal. Like I was playing, trying to play Yakuza 0 uh, a year or two ago. And most of the, I mean, I don't go into the office now, obviously, yeah. but I, back when I did leave my house, um, I, I, most of my gaming's done in the mornings. I have a coffee, I play for an hour, and then I shower and go to work. And I would get caught in 50 minutes of cutscenes of dudes fighting with their shirts off, which is like <laughs> awesome. That's, but that's, I don't have the time. Yakuza's <laughs> definitely like Yakuza can definitely be summed up with with cutscenes of men with their shirts off fighting that goes just yeah. <laughs> longer than you actually have time for. <laughs> yeah. So I'd love to be able to just pick that back up later. So um, yeah, definitely that would be a, it's the one thing, one feature that I think this generation that really changed how people play on consoles and um, you know, it'd be nice to see that come to PCs as well. Yeah. So I think, I think that's pretty much everything of note uh, that's worth talking to our audience about uh, from this NVIDIA presentation. I mean, like I said, they showed some other stuff. They talked about some other stuff, but but this is really the, the meat of it. Um, do you have anything else you want to add? No, nothing beyond uh, the fact that I can't look at my 2080 anymore without a little tinge of regret and sadness. <laughs> but um, At least you didn't buy a 2080 Ti. I, <laughs> no, I, I I put a lot of money into this computer, I, and it's gonna last me gonna have to last me five to seven years, um, at least. But I definitely I'm happy for everyone like you that's that's been stuck on that older card, really waiting, um, for a good value proposition. I I think it's exciting, it's exciting for not just PC gaming, but I think for the next generation. And I really can't wait to see. We've already talked about on our normal podcast, you know, what the new generation of consoles is gonna let developers do once they're no longer hamstrung by those Jaguar CPUs. And, uh, you know, now with the power of the consoles and then these new graphics cards on PC, I can't wait to see what games are going to look like in three or four years. It's, it's going to be insane. Yeah, this first year or, or even maybe two of the new generation is going to be that hybrid period. But but yeah, once we once we hit about two years in, like we're going to see some real magic getting worked. So, um, yeah, as a reminder, the reviews for the cards, the embargo should go up on the 14th. Uh, We are obviously not going to be getting hardware to test out. We are not that big. But but you will be able to look forward to professional reviews and more information at that time. The 3080 itself goes live for purchase on the 17th and the 3090 on the 24th and the 3070 sometime mid-October. expect the 3060 and 3050 probably early next year they haven't been fully announced but we know they're gonna come um yeah and just you know be ready on the morning of the 17th to start hitting f5 on the front page of Newegg, i guess <laughs> <laughs> good luck i mean if, if you don't need a 3080 i think the 3070 is going to be a lot easier to find i think that 3080 is 
is the card yeah, that people yeah. are going to be after. Well, at least the 3080 and 3070 are a very similar, like, price-to-value kind of, yep. which is kind of rare that one isn't just a much better buy than the other. It's literally just the same amount of graphics card per dollar, but at a higher and lower cost. So, mm-hmm. like, I'll I'll be happy with either. I just want my 3080. <laughs> rooting for yeah. you i'm rooting for all of you that you get the graphics cards <laughs> that you want good luck we're counting on you